Let me read to you from the gospel according to Luke. This is sort of a miracle within a miracle. I'm going to try to shorten this, and we'll sing only one stanza of the closing hymn so that that'll help you to get out a little earlier. Uh, but I want you to uh, look at this. If you have your Bible, and it will be helpful if you bring your Bible, uh, turn to Luke chapter 8. It's on page 103 in my Bible. <laughs> it's verse number 40. I'm reading from the New American Standard Version. And as Jesus returned to, uh, to the multitude, Jesus had been away preaching, and now he comes back to people uh, who are going to seek his presence. He had been run off from the place he had gone preaching. He had healed a, a wild, mad demoniac, had healed the man. But because some swine herds had lost their pigs, and they thought more of their pigs than they did the healing of the man, they wanted Jesus to depart from their coat. And so he left, and he came back to where there were people waiting for him. And as Jesus returned, the multitudes welcomed him. Multitudes means myriad, thronged the streets to get close to him. For they had been waiting for him. They knew that he did miracles. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was an official of the synagogue, and he fell at Jesus' feet and began to entreat him and to come to his house. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years old, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitude pressed against him. And a woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and could not be healed by anyone. Uh, this is an interesting little point here. I'm reading from Luke in Mark. Mark tells us that she had spent all of her money on doctors and was nothing better but was rather worse. Luke is a doctor, so he leaves that out. <laughs> and a woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and could not be healed by anyone came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak, and immediately her hemorrhage stopped. She was healed instantly. And Jesus said, Who is the one who touched me? Now, who in this congregation this morning is going to touch Jesus? There were more people crowded against him that day than there are in Gaither Chapel this morning. But one person touched him in faith, in that throng and press, and one person got greatly blessed. Would you touch him this morning? And Jesus said, Who is the one who touched me? And then you can always count on Peter to say something. And while they were denying it, Peter said, Master, the multitudes are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone did touch me, for I am aware that power has gone out of me. Now, that's an interesting phrase. This woman touched Jesus and was healed, and Jesus felt that power had gone out of him. In Isaiah 53, we read that the Lord hath laid upon him the iniquities of us all, and we read that he bears our infirmities and our weaknesses. 
If you read the book of Acts, you will see that some of the apostles are gifted by the Spirit of God with the bringing about of healing miracles. But of none of them is it said that they perceive that virtue has gone out of them or that healing power has gone out of them. And this may account for the fact that often Jesus had to retire into a desert place alone where he could commune with his Father and where he could be recharged spiritually and receive the refreshment that his own body needed. There's a part of Isaiah 53 in this verse. But Jesus said, Someone did touch me, for I was aware that power had gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she had not escaped notice, she came trembling and fell down before him and declared in the presence of all the people the reason why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And Jesus said to her, Daughter, a very affectionate term. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Now, one of my favorite preachers of bygone years was an old man, even when I was in seminary. He was a professor of homiletics at Princeton Seminary and then later at Temple University, at Temple Theological uh, school there in Philadelphia. And he used to talk about the touch that heals and the throng that presses. If you take this phrase from Mark and his account, the woman says to herself, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. Now students of law our students of medicine learn by studying case history. We heard Al Andrews tell this morning of the case history of how someone came to know Christ. And that's why we should give to support this important ministry, to reach those who are not going to come near a church. Well, we learn from this case history here. Of course, our Lord does the healing. But in this case before us, he does that healing in the response of faith, a touch that seems strange and almost superstitious. He wishes us to think about a, a person who is in need and who is reaching out to lay hold on him and the Lord Christ makes himself known to her. One of the Beatitudes that you may qualify for is blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. If you came to church hungry and thirsty for God to touch your heart, if you prayed in faith, in desperate faith, Lord, touch me, heal me, heal my marriage, heal my child, heal me and my attitude 
then he promises that he'll be here. Thank God for the touch that heals, that heals here in this house of the Lord. You can reach out and touch Christ's garment, and you can let that garment mean anything by which he makes himself known. That beautiful hymn, O Day of Rest and Gladness, that we draw aside from the normal activities of the week and we come here for rest and the gladness of singing hymns of praise and of hearing a testimony or of taking the Lord's Supper, of seeing a baptism, of affirming our faith together, of the encouragement of Christian friends and their work for Jesus. Praise my soul, the King of heaven. To his courts thy tribute bring, we sang in the beginning of this worship. And that beloved physician is here, and we can come face to face with him, and he can touch us and heal us. Most of the time, we do not reach out to him until we come to some experience of desperation. And this is true of us all. The most earnest prayers that we ever make are when our souls are in the greatest distress. I can remember some 20 years ago, almost now, going through a very dark period of depression. And I did not think that I would ever break out of it. And I had a dear Christian friend who wrote me a letter and in that letter, that friend told me of a great Bible teacher. You see, I didn't think that a person who was a Christian ought to ever experience anything like a nervous breakdown or a depression. But Lord's, the Lord's saints have a breaking point, all of them. And any circuit can be overloaded, and no one is immune from it. And this person told me about George Goodman, one of those people who used to speak to the university groups at Keswick in England, and one who had a great ministry here in our own country at Bible conferences and whose books have been a blessing to so many. George Goodman went through a period in which his reason totally left him, and he had to go to a hospital, an asylum, for those who were unable to cope with reality and were detached from it completely. And he spent almost three years there. No one knew what brought it on or what caused it. And without any explanation whatever, his reason returned to him, and he became well, and he resumed his ministry of Bible teaching and carried it out till the end of his day. And after his death, someone found written in the back of his Bible these words, He led me by a way of pain, a barren and a starless place. I did not know his eyes were wet. He would not let me see his face. He left me like a frightened child unshielded in a night of storm. How could I dream he was so near? The rain-swept darkness hid his form. But when the clouds were drifting back and dawn was breaking into day, I knew whose feet had walked with mine.
I saw his footprint all the way. And that's meant to tell us that Jesus is watching us and he is looking for that deaf, desperate soul. So we may rejoice that when we are in need, God will speak to us in that time of need. And the person who has that need can reach out and be assured that he loves them and cares for them. Some of you have watched on the television Dr. Alistair Walker, the distinguished minister of the uh, First Baptist Church in Spartanburg, South Carolina. I have known Alistair for almost 30 years, and I can still remember him telling me of his conversion. And he has been here frequently to speak to our students during the college year on chapel. And he's one of the greatest preachers in America, in my opinion. And I remember once when he came here and spoke in Gaither Chapel. And I recalled when I had known him years ago out in Texas, how he had told me that he was converted after having come in on a Saturday night of carousing. And he had taken his shoes off and slipped into the house and he heard his father, who was a minister, praying out loud in his study. And he tiptoed in his stocking feet on the carpet and came to the crack at the bottom of his father's study door and he listened and he heard that old man pour out his heart with tears to God for the salvation of his wayward boy. And Alistair Walker said, I was converted that night by my father's study, hearing him pray for me. And when we talked about that again one day back here after he had spoken in Gaither Chapel, he drove back to Spartanburg, and then he called me on the telephone. And he said, you know, my dad is buried over at Hendersonville. And after you and I talked this morning, I drove back and I cut off the road and I went to the cemetery and I fell down on my knees at my father's grave and I rededicated my life to the Lord. There was something there that had spoken to his heart. As an individual in need, he knew where to go. He knew that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the blessed Lord whom his father had preached and taught had great healing power. He heals individuals. And in the throng that presses, will we be one of those who get through to him with healing? Or will we be like the four soldiers who took that same garment that that woman touched and gambled to see which one would get the robe that Jesus wore? How will we be in his presence? How many of us will be willing to touch him, really touch him? And I mean by that, have such a faith in him that we allow him to do something in our lives. May I say this in closing because our time is gone. Jesus, God's Son, cared about a poor, broken-hearted father whose name is Jairus. And Mark tells us 
that the daughter was 12 years old. That he, and Luke tells us that he fell at Jesus' feet, even though he was president of the synagogue, and he begged for healing. What this is, is an event. It is something that actually takes place. It's real. And it caused real results in the life here that was brought back to life again. And what we read about in this poor woman who was ceremonially unclean and had a secret cross to bear. And when Jesus asked the question, who touched me? He did not do this to embarrass her in any way. He did this because he wanted her to know that her healing had come from a gracious and loving God who had not ostracized her nor cast her out, but wanted her to know his love and forgiveness. Remember always that the gospel, those things which we recite in the Apostles' Creed and say that we assuredly believe, are events that take place and that the God with whom we deal is the God of history who is working today and who will continue to work until at last he comes again. So by faith, you can reach out right here and now. And the blessing that you need, whatever it is, can come to you. The peace and the joy that this woman found may be yours if you are really willing in faith to touch him. Being sure of Jesus and who he is makes all the difference in the world. This is what I wanted to share with you this morning. Until I learned to trust, I never learned to pray. And I never really fully trust till trouble came my way. Until I felt my weakness, his strength I never knew nor dreamed till I was tested that he would see me through. Who deepest drinks of sorrow, drinks deepest too of grace. He sends the storm that he himself may be our hiding place. His heart that knows our deepest grief knows well when cares annoy. We would not yearn for heaven if earth held only joy. Let us pray. O oh God, our Father, we pray that thou wilt help us to be conscious of thy love in its deepest, fullest meaning, and that you will help us to reflect and to show that love to others. Where there are sins that need to be forgiven, help us to know that the grace of the Savior is more than sufficient to take our sins away. And Father, for those who have never known Jesus as Savior, help them to know that if they are but willing to give as much of themselves as they know how to give, to as much of you as they understand, that you will in no wise cast that person out. We pray that you will dismiss us with your blessings and keep us in your peace. 
through Jesus Christ our Lord.